Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs at the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined by co-host Dallas Hammer in the corner. Dallas, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going great. West Ham won a trophy for the first time in damn near 40 years. Uh, so that was the highlight of my summer. And then they immediately became the laughingstock of the Premier League three weeks later. So it's been great, Brian. So I'm happy to be talking Vandal football and something that doesn't try to rip my heart out at every opportunity. I'm happy Amateur Hour already started, guys. Tubs of the Club now officially brought to you by Snake River Stampede Canadian Whiskey. Joining us uh, as the producer seducer, Martin in in Moscow, the eight three eight four three. How's it going, man? You're you're in the heart of fall camp, anyway. Yep, doing good. It's Moscow's coming back to Moscow's getting back to the student student costumes coming back to town. It's good to be back on the show. There's Vandal football this month, and I am very excited for Vandal football to be back. And our guest today, who is essentially going to be our uh, anonymous source from now on. Trevin Pixley yeah. from the what are you in the bowels of the uh Lewiston Deep. Tribune office right now? Deep. We're in the we're in the basement. We're talking fourth floor. Uh yeah, we are in the basement of the Lewiston Tribune. But we are happy to be at Tubbs at the Club to talk Idaho football. Everybody's talking about year two of Eck, but Treb is in year two of the Idaho Vandals beat. So yeah, which you know, some people might say, "Hey, look at the coaching change." I say, "Bullshit!" Look at the look at the media coverage. That's obviously that's, that's obviously it. But hey, we're um, look, we're in around the bar. Brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. And look, I'm gonna put you guys on the shelf for about ten seconds just to get people caught up. First thing I want to hit is media day. And look, Trevin, we're essentially just gonna be interviewing you about media day because you were actually yeah. there. But uh, look, big news out of media day that people are paying attention to. Idaho fans should be paying attention to is, hey, phase one, the coaches preseason poll and the media preseason poll comes out uh, in both polls. Montana State was number one in both polls. Idaho State was number 12. But in between, and especially in the top half of the conference, quite a bit of variability. Uh, Martin has that up on the screen, but to slam through that real quick in the coaches poll, after Montana State at one, we've got UC Davis at two, Sac State at three, Weber at four, your Idaho Vandals at five, uh, then Eastern at seven, top five, Portland State eight, Northern Arizona nine, and then Cal uh, Northern Arizona, Cal Poly, and Idaho State round out the bottom. Then the media poll, after Montana State at one, Idaho comes in at number two in the media poll, including eight first place votes. Montana at three, Sac State four, UC Davis five, Weber State six, Eastern seven, and we're done talking about the rest of those because all we really we're all we're here to talk about because we're not going to dissect each other's individual polls. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to do essentially that in our Big Sky Conference preview in a couple weeks. But look, the big thing here it's an Idaho show. Idaho is two in the media poll, five in the coaches poll. Treve, what did you interpret from that kind of gap between where Idaho was media-wise and coaches-wise? Because hey, two two to five, that could that's the difference between essentially a seeded playoff season, media poll number two, and being fringe playoff again, coaches number five. That was the most wild thing to come out of the whole entire weekend. I was I was caught off guard by that, but it, it's weird because it's so different, right? You explained it like that. It's either they're going to have a season basically similar to last year 
where they finish fifth, fourth in the big sky, or they take that step and they finish second. And it's kind of where are they closer to? You know, are they closer to kind of being that same team? Or are they closer to making the next step? And I think the media with, you know, you look at guys like Jermaine Jackson, Hayden Hatton, Giovanni McCoy, from people that aren't, you know, on the ground in Moscow every day. And I think people that don't watch this team are covering it in and out. They see that and they think this is a team that could make that jump just based off of talent alone. And I think that's why you see uh, the difference so much as opposed to you got these coaches that are dissecting the Vandals. Obviously, they're going to have to play them during the season, and I think they can see their weaknesses uh, more on paper and more on film as well. Dallas, your takeaway on the gap between media pool, coaches pool, spot for Idaho. Um, Man, I think it means that one of these groups doesn't know a thing, and I don't know which one of those groups it is. Uh, And that's – it's. I mean, we we talked about it in the preseason of – let's say the preseason of the fall when we were kind of previewing football way, way, way too early at the end of last season. We didn't, we didn't know. We, we don't know. That's, I think that's kind of what the discrepancy is here. Obviously, if you look at the coaches poll, there's what 12 points separating second and sixth place. So it is kind of a crapshoot of there's these six teams that have playoff aspirations and obviously Eastern Washington and Portland state, the rest of them are all hoping to get there. But realistically you see six teams that are, are slotted in at, either certainly playoff teams or fringe playoff teams. And it, 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 they're just, there's too, too much ambiguity in what's going to go on much like last year where uh, so many quarterbacks turned over and the conference, you just really didn't know what we were going to get. I think that's kind of the same thing we have here. You look at the, the top of the preseason poll, Montana state, UC Davis as, as leading the coaches poll makes sense. Tommy Malott, Miles Hastings there. Giovanni McCoy, I would argue that's why maybe he's part of the uh, part of the reason that Idaho is number two in the media preseason poll. But really, it's just a crapshoot. The other problem is just scheduling. Idaho has a considerably different schedule than, say, an Eastern Washington does. Eastern might have a bounce back year, but they have the, a schedule from hell. And I think that also has a little bit to do with why these fluctuate so much. Some people go into these thinking, let's rank them by schedule and what I think they're going to be at the end of the year. Or let's rank them like a power ranking. Let's say you know Montana State's obviously the best team. Idaho State's the worst team. And then teams 2 through 11, or some people are going to rank them by neutral field, level playing field, what are we going to see, or finishing at, uh, how they finished at the end of the year. So I think that's what kind of this discrepancy comes from. There's not like a not a guiding set for why you have to vote things or how you should vote for things. Yeah. With the subtext of we, look, we all agree. We all know. And our listeners all know look, these some of the, these polls, obviously, they're done and the rosters aren't even set yet. So, like, we understand, like, obviously, this is nothing's written in blood here. So my look, my takeaway is the me, big sky media and big sky fans at large are sold on Jason Eck in Idaho. That's that's why Idaho. That's why Idaho easily fit into number two in the media poll where there's still there's a bigger gap between in the media poll between Idaho at number two and Montana at number three than there is numerically between Montana State at number one and Idaho at number two that tells me that the people who report on sports and also like I'm gonna say fans as well because uh, yeah like media personalities are at times of course um, a little captive of the audience 
they, they absolutely believe Jason Neck is the real deal, and they expect we're going to see pretty damn good results like we saw yet last year. I think the coaches are not yet not yet sold on Jason Neck as being a top two or three coach, and I think that explains why you see where he Idaho is at number five, and you look at some of the teams above Idaho in the coaches' poll, uh, like UC Davis. I mean, look, UC Davis didn't make the playoffs last year, but uh, Dan Hawkins returned some a lot of guys and. Capdan58 in the comment section. Uh, he brought up on his own. I have uh, Capdan said, I have Davis at two, returning all conference QB and favorable schedule. Um, I don't know how much coaches actually look at other team schedules when doing these because I would, I'd expect this is more just the coaches shooting from the hip and maybe the media members are like dissecting who is playing who what week. Uh, but I think you're, I think some of the coaches in the big sky who haven't seen Idaho or maybe the couple who beat Idaho would help explain why Idaho's at five in the coaches pool. So the, the big takeaway for us heading into the season, of course, Treb is like, like Dallas brought up, Hey, who's right. Is, is the media right? Expect buying into Jason neck immediately or the coaches right to have some skepticism. Uh, we're going to see, I want to ask both of you guys uh, pivoting from Idaho for a second. Cause one of the reasons in my mind, functional reasons for these preseason polls is partially to set narratives heading into the season for people to track. Treve, give me the top non-Idaho narrative you see out of these out of these polls. I, I think it, it goes with UC Davis, and I think UC Davis has a very similar storyline to Idaho. You know, they have kind of the same different, you know, rankings between the media poll and the coaches poll. Uh, Dallas mentioned it earlier with the returning players. I think they're kind of in the same position, um, as Idaho, as far as what their storyline is uh, for Idaho, though, I kind of want to go back to your point talking about Jason Eck. That's going to be the biggest difference because Idaho does have holes, but the thing that's going to drive them this year is Jason Eck and the coaching staff. And they had holes last year. And that was the biggest thing that made them make that jump is the coaching staff. And when I sat down with like Jermaine Jackson, Hayden Haddon, they're talking about Jason Eck and the job that he's done. So I think they're closer to two than they're closer to five right now. Dallas, top non-Idaho uh, narrative from these polls. To me, uh, and it's it's un- unquestionably the biggest one for me, Montana. What is up with Montana? Obviously, Bobby Houck is a great coach, uh, has honestly is going to be one of the best coaches to ever play, ever be in the big sky. I know he didn't win a national title, but seven straight conference titles is, is a lot. Um, even for what the big sky was 20 years ago uh, in his second go around, they have not won a conference title. I think it's very clear to say they are absolutely no longer the top dog in, in the state. It's Montana state all the way. You see the media poll I, and Montana's still projected at three, Brian, you and I talked heavily about Montana thinking, look, it's, it's Montana. They're just historically good. The coaches in Montana at sixth. And there are a lot of people in the Grizz fan base that, are not sold on the second iteration of Bobby Houck and the direction of the program and specifically just his refusal to adapt to adapt or change. That to me is the biggest story seeing. And hey, maybe the coaches are onto something. Maybe Bobby Houck has lost a little bit of that touch. And the look, I half want to keep go back on and talk about the Montana thing because just the frame, how you understand Montana is it's every the perspective you're going to bring here is everything because Montana had an objectively more successful season than Idaho last year. They won a playoff game. They hosted a playoff game. Idaho did not, but of course um, I, I would rather have 
Idaho right now, uh, their whole roster than Montana. Uh, my The storyline I'm going to look at is everyone has moved on from Eastern. No, no one expects – if you look at both these polls where Eastern slotted at number seven in both, that is telling you that it is virtually unanimous. Everyone who pays attention to Big Sky football does not believe there's a turnaround coming at Eastern. They think they've just now settled into – they have more talent than the shittiest teams, but they are absolutely not good enough to be competing for a playoff spot. They're absolutely not uh, a team that you should expect to, to be competing for a conference title. They've now – gradually move down in term in terms of prestige to Eastern might be a team that can keep someone out of the playoffs with a, a win, an Eastern win, but th there's no way to interpret this as any sort of vote that Eastern's going to have going to be really competing for the playoffs. Um, Want to talk about the all big sky teams real quick. Um, so Trevin, th look, the big news for all big sky teams for Idaho is of course uh, Hayden Hatton, is, is voted preseason all-conference MVP, offensive MV, MVP. Defensive MVP was Winston Reed, linebacker from Weber State. Um, Idaho representatives on the all-Big Sky teams include quarterback Giovanni McCoy, running back Anthony Woods, uh, two wide receivers, Hayden Hatton and Jermaine Jackson. Uh, then on the defensive side of the ball, we've got cornerback Marcus Harris, and then special teams, we've got kicker uh, Ricardo Chavez. So, or Chavez or Chavez, uh, Trevin, I'll let you correct me in a second. Um, Trevin, take away from the representatives. Can I, can I jump in real quick? What if we call him Kiki Ricky? Kiki Ricky, I like that. I'll, I'll bring that up to him, actually. he uh, He's a good guy, man. He came up to me today. He thought I was interviewing him. He's like, He's like, what's up, man? I'm glad to be talking to you again. And then I had to pass him along. He said I was his, his favorite guy. So that was that was nice of him. Kiki Ricky is a good guy. Yeah. But uh takeaway on the I mean past tense, you were his favorite guy until yeah. you bailed on the interview. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll he'll hate me now. But uh I think as far as the all big sky team goes, I mean all yeah, the all preseason all big sky team goes. I mean, it's the expected guys. I mean, there's there's nobody in here that uh, shouldn't be in here, and nobody on Idaho's team that I think should be on the on the team. I think. Okay, Dallas. I I don't have any pushback with with the Idaho players that made it. I am I am tentatively excited and semi shocked that Miles Hastings did not get the uh, award over Vonnie McCoy for quarterback. Um, again, not saying that I think that Hastings should have gotten it, but. It's interesting when you look back at the year Hastings had last year, obviously being the uh, all big sky first teamer. Uh, Phil Steele, even Phil Steele had, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't follow Phil Steele, Phil Steele goes through like first, second, third, and fourth team yeah. for every conference. It's insane. He had Giovanni McCoy as the third quarterback in the conference behind second, Miles Hastings, and first, Tommy Mallott. So, and obviously, Tommy Mallott last year came in as the uh, presumptive MVP and then uh, the injuries kind of derailed the season a little bit, but very interesting to see that Giovanni McCoy was picked as the quarterback over both of those guys that have won awards previously. Very excited for that. Uh, and makes me uh, feel a little bit better about maybe Idaho's projections. If, if everybody else is thinking McCoy is going to be the guy this year. Yeah. My, so my takeaway is, we're obviously only going so far into this right now because we do have multiple, we have 
Idaho's full season preview in three weeks and then week one preview in in four weeks. But I think if you look at how Idaho has four four dudes on the first team offense and one dude on first team defense, that essentially tells you the understanding of who Idaho is right now, of the assumption is going to be that Idaho is going to score a ton of points and how but how Idaho is defensively is right now up in the air with my other asterisk being uh, my other broad takeaway is dude there's a lot of names on here that actually were kind of surprising to me but i think that's just because we had a bunch of stalwarts graduate and then a few all first team all leaguers did transfer at the end of last year so um my, my follow-up takeaway is there's a lot there's a lot of int- there's a lot of good dudes that you're going to get to see for or at least notice let's say for one of the first time if you when you turn in when you tune in to see Idaho play throughout the season or if you pay attention to the other big sky games uh, which we do so look we've we've hit the basic teams now Trevin I just want to ask you now um, about the vibe itself in relation to Idaho at media day I mean from from a distance it seemed, you know, just looking at the polls, seeing names like that, uh, it looks like Idaho Idaho is kind of landed on the place that everyone hoped Idaho would when they initially joined the Big Sky. And hey, in the uh, comment section, we got Kevin Marshall saying Media Day was a great event. And I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to chat with Treb. Sucks that Brian didn't come. Yes, Kevin, I had childcare stuff, just couldn't be there. But um, Trevin, what was the overall vibe in relation to Idaho at Media Day? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was all business on Idaho's side. I mean, Hayden Hatton and Jermaine Jackson are ready to hit the field. It's all go for those guys. And I think the biggest takeaway is that Jason Eck is open about Idaho's weaknesses. He knows where Idaho needs to get better at. And one of those spots is the linebacker position. And, you know, right now with Sully Shannon leaving the team, uh, that's going to be a spot where, you know, a freshman is going to have to, you know, step in and probably play a role there. So he knows that's a weakness. Obviously, the tight end spot, the offensive line spot. So he has a plan coming into this year. So I think the biggest takeaway I had from Idaho is that they're dialed in. They know what their weaknesses are. Uh, they know that they, the season last year was a successful one in the way that they put Idaho on the map for for the first time in a long time, but there were games that they should have won. And now they need to be in a position to win those games this year. So as far as, so, so big picture, are you, you saying like, Hey, the general energy relating to Idaho media day, obviously trending upward. Yeah. I would say trending upward, especially with the guys being in year two, um, under act and having an understanding what's expected uh, coming into this year. Okay. Um, I guess, Hey Dallas, before we pivot now talking to Trevin about uh, fall camp, which fall camp started on Monday, any other media day questions that you, you have for Trevin? Without uh, obviously you, you've now seen the practices have started. So let's pretend that that hasn't happened. Looking at this roster before, again, before this week, knowing the linebacker position is a position of weakness, who would you have thought would have been the freshman to step up? Uh, this is kind of a a pretty 
pretty big class, I would say, of linebackers with both Jackson Eck, the, you know, the not really nepotism because the kid can absolutely play and absolutely got offers from top 10 FCS schools or X-Ray Alexander. People were shocked he came here. So there are multiple freshmen that are coming in very highly touted. Who is kind of the linebacker you were thinking that might be that freshman that, that could be playing and putting in some significant minutes? Obviously, Eck played a lot of freshmen last year. I think there's 52 new faces on the roster this year. There are some fresh kids in here that are going to have opportunities to make make statements. You're muted, Treb. It wasn't us. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't us. us, Brian. It absolutely wasn't us. Or maybe Treb's audio is gone. Uh, Trevin, what? Hey, I'm going to filibuster for a sec. Trevin, are you back? Yeah, Trevin is most definitely not back. So, you know what? Hey, we're going to give Trevin a second to reconnect. But, uh, Martin, can you get us that? Yeah, man, we have that. We got we got to get a word from our from show sponsor, Snake River Stampede Canadian Whiskey. And look, this this whiskey as a sponsor touches a very special place in my heart. It is easily the best Canadian whiskey that you can buy at store in Idaho. So what makes it special? What makes it different from other Canadian whiskeys is, uh, look, it has, a, it has a finishing process. It's initially aged in first fill bourbon, in, in bourbon barrels, which, of course, imparts that wood flavor, some of that brown sugar, some of those notes that you love from bourbon, but then adds the corn flavor of Canadian, of Canadian whiskey. But it's finished in Oloroso sherry casks, which gives it an extra kind of candied cherry coat as well. And I just got to say, it, look, we know what a lot of our listeners have a favorite Canadian whiskey that they tr they bring for tailgating. This Snake River Sh Stampede is is the one you guys should be looking for. It's what I I buy it by the handle exclusively. It's unbelievably reasonably reasonably priced. Idaho State Liquor Stores typically retails for like twenty five ninety five. So grab grab yourself some Snake River. They're supporting Idaho. They're supporting your Vandals. By the way, the Snake River Stampede Rodeo is the believe it's the biggest volunteer run rodeo in the united states so they're doing a ton in a ton in the state of idaho and they're supporting our vandals thank you snake river so uh treeb is not here so dallas I take that back treeb is back treeb yeah i think can you hear me yes we can hear we can hear you now uh, cool so phase Sorry one do you that. need dallas to repeat the question no, no, I think I remember fresh freshman linebacker that would get get some playing time. Yeah. Bingo. So when 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 Eck brings up these freshman linebackers, he mainly talks about uh, Zach Johnson, uh, who's a Lake City graduate in uh, Coeur d'Alene, and uh, X-Ray Alexander. Uh, and X-Ray Alexander too. I like I said today, I was able to catch the tail end of practice, and Monday. Uh, wasn't able to go to practice. So I've, I've seen, you know, very little so far of full practices uh, during Idaho's camp, but I got to see X-Ray a little bit in person and he looks the part, you know, that's, the, that's why, you know, people were surprised that Idaho was able to land him. Like he is a talented kid, at least just by size and how he's moved uh, on the field from the little bit that I've got to see him. So I think X Ray's kind of got the lead. Uh, X talked about Zach Johnson a bit, and I think uh, X too. Obviously, he had a good spring, and you know maybe uh, Jason just doesn't want to bring him up for maybe nepotism reasons. But you know, again, haven't been on the ground for camp much. You know, we'll see where the reps break down as it uh, develops. 
Yeah, I so just want to piggyback on that last point, Trevin, which is um, look when Dallas brought up the topic, just because yeah, the, of the old Mason Petrino thing, yeah. like there are yeah. Vandal fans that have PTSD. Uh, I gotta tell you well, guys, if I, if, I, I get, yeah. if if Jackson X sees the field, you'll you'll see that he looks the part. So like the Mason yes. Petrino thing, yes, it's part 100%. of Vandal psyche. It has nothing to do with that dude getting the field. I'm I'm pretty damn happy Jackson Eck came to Idaho. I would want Jackson Eck at Idaho, even if Jason Eck was not our coach. So. To look forward into the future just ever so slightly, he was named the special teams player of the first practice. So yeah. he is producing in his role. Yeah, I, I guess my – look, you you, got, you guys hit hit it already, which is look, someone's going to have to step up linebacker-wise with because Paul Moala was the guy who was going to be on the inside. And he obviously mm-hmm. was replacing Favai Favai. So well, those, that's two all big, all big sky performers gone from the roster. Trey Thomas is going to be – I believe he's expected to be like the leader in the line. The guy. Spot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, Trey Tom's going to be the guy that you see, see that name a ton called out. You're going to hear that name a ton called out, but that's a mm-hmm. slot where Idaho obviously has to, uh, we're going to see some new contributors this year. There's no way, no way around that at the linebacker mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Defensive back too, probably that that's a loaded room. There is a lot of guys there, young uh, veteran guys. I mean, that is, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, and we there's certainly some some dudes at safety, which we're, we'll, again we're going to go in depth position wise when we get to the actual Idaho season preview. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, to me, the you know a real question was last year Idaho had Marcus Harris as a kick ass lockdown corner. Like, we needed more uh, from Jeremiah Salam on on the other side. Uh, so yeah. whoever is able to, if Idaho can get another a stronger number two corner, that's a pretty damn big deal. And we're going to see that's another position that. You know, Treve, as you see more fall camp, you're going to be able to and, tell more about. And and as you said, you'll hit on it. You know, during the Idaho preview, and I don't mean to get more into you know more Idaho talk, but there there is some quality corners on that team right now. I mean, Armani Arnold is good. Dwayne McDougal is good. Cam Stevens is good. Like these are quality guys that are you know either new or taking the next step that Idaho did not have last year. And I, I think that's going to be a big bonus for Idaho on defense. We do have one question answered relative to a roster spot from, from last year, which was Elisha Cummings had been off the roster. He's, of course, the number two running back, kind of number two. He's, he was the change of pace running back from last season, patch ca- mm-hmm. pass catching running back from Idaho from last season. Um, he'd been off the roster. Uh, without going into great detail, we'd been told – Cummings was off the roster for disciplinary reasons. And he Elijah Cummings is back on the roster, which well, phase one. Well, look, I'm not, I'm going to let Dallas react to that, but I, I think Elijah Cummings back on the roster should give some Vandal fans. If you're looking for reasons to be anxious about the team, I feel like seeing Cummings back on the roster is essentially a Xanax for a lot of fans. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, Brian. Uh, I think one of the, was one of the big question marks we talked about was can the offensive line and defensive line grow and get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger in year two of the Eck era? Again, what are they going to do with the linebacker and pass rushing pass rushing situations? And then really the only issue on offense was it comes to the skill positions was who's going to be the backup behind Anthony Woods or maybe not backup, maybe you know somebody becomes a a, a ball share. Uh, uh, committee there, but we were looking at Nick Romano 
obviously he's been here for a very long time, had some very good moments, but maybe doesn't just quite fit with the offense that Eck is trying to put together. And then you're looking at a bunch of freshmen that we were all very high on. Uh, we talked about Art Williams, Carlos Matheny, and uh, Day Day Buchanan as all guys that we thought looked really great on tape and could maybe do that Anthony Woods true freshman coming in. But not having to rely on that and knowing at the bare minimum you have Eli Cummings back as your number two running back. If one of those other guys steps over him, that's fantastic. If they don't, Cummings looked pretty damn good with with X. So, and he, I mean, he looked pretty good with Petrino as well. So, honestly, Xanax to the max here. Like, whew, running back is going to be okay. All the skill positions are going to be okay. It's, it's that offensive line going to hang up long enough for Idaho to score 45 on everybody. That's really what it feels like when you know that you've got at least multiple guys you trust in the in the running back room that aren't true freshmen. Yeah, and, you know, if the offensive line, you know, say is having a rough game or doesn't hold up, Eli Cummings is so good out of the backfield. I mean, they could just do some screens, quick releases. I mean, there's – he adds so much more to the offense. I mean, it makes it so much more dynamic that, you know, now that number two, you know, placement in the – and the big sky pole looks even better for, for Idaho, I think. Yeah, my my biggest concern prior to seeing Cummings on the roster again was I just didn't want Anthony Woods to need 25 to 30, you know, in between 25 and 30 touches a game where he'd, he'd put up some kick-ass stats, and but injury issues obviously concerned or just simply wearing down by the end of the season, if Idaho extends their season, makes it to the playoffs. Um, Cummings lets me know that that's a little bit less of an issue. Um, Jason Eck has separately talked about, you know, another developmental step for Anthony Woods is going to be being stronger in short yardage situations. Um, Woods wasn't really a pass catching back either. And Nick Romano, to me, wouldn't. I don't think he really compliments Anthony Woods uh, in the relative to those areas compared to Anthony Woods' strengths. Uh, Cummings, at the very least, is a strong pass catcher. Uh, definitely is a strong run around the outside. Oh, he's fine on the inside, too. He's a stout, strong dude. Uh, to me, Cummings is uh, – look, it's hard for me to sort all big sky running backs because Montana State gets so much damn yardage, and it's because their line is so, so damn good after years and years of development that just whoever they plug in is going to put up all big sky level stats. But um, – Cummins is a guy who you can completely understand being a number one or number two, two running back on virtually every big sky team. So yeah, seeing him on the roster, big news, big news to me. Um, from there, Trebe, I guess I know you've only been to a couple to, to one practice so far, uh, but Hey, you went to practices last year. What's the overall vibe on the field? Like year two compared to year one. Yeah, it's uh like I said, just, you know, expectations are this, you know, more. I know I had, I totally butchered what I was trying to say. They know what to expect, right? Everybody that was there last year, they know what to expect. And the veterans are kind of leading by example, you know, as of last year, you know, during day one, day two of camp, they're still doing like install, you know, some of these guys still don't really know what's going on. Now the first string offense is going out there. It's routine work. Team is faster you know, things like that. So everything's just moving along quicker and everybody's moving faster a year or two under Eck. 
You know, I know Tyler Yelk isn't with Idaho anymore, but I know I talked to Tyler Yelk at a um, signing day event prior to uh, him leaving for the Philadelphia Eagles being replaced by Bobby J. Um, and Yelk said what they were emphasizing for Idaho this year is that Idaho didn't accomplish anything last season, uh, which, you know, as a fan who just enjoyed the hell out of last season's ride, uh, that, that was kind of jarring to hear from a coach. Um, now, of course, I understand it's a motivational tactic, but also I, I guess I don't precisely disagree, which is what he was trying to reinforce is, hey, Idaho did not host a playoff game. Idaho did not win a playoff game. They did beat Montana, but they didn't beat any other playoff caliber teams. So yeah. what Idaho did was they beat the teams that sucked. They beat the teams that were okay. They did pick up one good win. But there's a lot of good teams in the big sky. And if Idaho really wants to be good, like that, that developmental step is they have to beat the better team. So it's a, you know, it's a weird tonal thing as a fan after years and years of suffering and having like, I've got faith in the coaching staff. I've got faith in this roster that there's no reason to expect the annual face plant Idaho's had for the last two decades after their fleeting uh, bouts with success. Uh, but I guess I was one of the things I was curious about is like, look, the vibe of last year's team to me, it was always everything was fun and look, and the team was good. They were disciplined, but like the the word I thought of with last year's team was fun this early. Like what were, do you have a word or a couple words that you'd say? It seems like the team is trying to uh, kind of internalize this as their culture. Let's see. I think fun is a good one. I would say fun and determined. I think I think fun actually kind of it, it nails it pretty good because while they they are focused on on that because you know it's cool that you said Tyler Yelk said that to you because you know Jason Eck in a, a phone interview I did with him on Monday, you know he was talking about how you know the guys are starting to believe and you know they're getting better. They have you know all these expectations. Blah blah blah. And that's good, but he doesn't know if that's going to be enough to turn around and win nine games because last year, you know, they didn't beat anybody. So kind of saying the same thing to me. So that is their mindset, but they're also like really they're a tight-knit group. You know, I mean, like I said earlier with Chavez, I mean, coming up to me and, you know, being goofy, dapping me up. And Therese Trainer today, he was laughing with me while I was doing an interview with him. I mean, it's a fun group of guys. You know, they just they love the game of football, but they also really want to win and they're a focused group. So it's a dangerous that's a dangerous two things to be, I think. Look, and hey, you brought up Therese. So I'm I'm curious from what you've seen, like how how's he looking health wise? Because he uh, there's a bit of a wild card, as in he obviously didn't make any all league team preseason all league teams because why in God's name would he this year? But he's two years removed from being third-team all-big sky. Look, when Jason Eck was on our show, uh, he actually referenced Therese early as a guy who athletically was standing out. How's he looking? Yeah, he uh, they're being smart with him. He hasn't done really anything. They're limiting his action. He's, uh, he's like maybe doing like a couple routes of practice. He's not doing any team stuff. He's – yeah, he's not out there. But – He's coming off a big injury, you know, something that really affected, you know, his 
overall health and his ability to get back to the game. So Jason doesn't want to, you know, rush him right back in. I think that's smart. And, you know, they're really hyping up Jordan Dwyer right now. So I I think Jordan Dwyer kind of has that third wide receiver spot. And I think Therese is going to have to kind of fight to get it back right now. And hey, Dwyer had his season cut short from injury last year as well. So yeah, yeah, a lot of those so, guys did. Michael Graves too. So how how's Jordan Dwyer looked? He's he's the guy. I mean, outside of Jermaine and Hayden, who you know, those guys are going to be making their plays or whatever. But Jordan Dwyer, I mean, he's probably stuck out more than even those two from the little bits that I've seen today. He's probably been the best wide receiver I've seen in my 30 minutes I've been in the dome. I'll say that. So Dallas, we are going to get to an ad read in a second, but before we get there, uh, you had a, a roster correction that you wanted to get to. Yeah, I did want to mention uh, one thing we missed guys. The, the running back room also has one other addition, uh, George Robinson. He's a six 225 pound grand transfer from NAU. Now, he didn't play a lot at NAU. Uh, I mean, really didn't play a lot at NAU. He had 113 carries in three years. Uh, th- three touchdowns, 404 yards, but was absolutely there, like a short yardage guy there. When you look at the Idaho roster and you see every running back, but Art Williams is under six feet. And then just the weight discrepancy between George Robinson and, again, Woods and Cummings, the guys you expect to be number one and number two. You don't typically bring in a grad transfer that looks completely different than all the rest of the guys if you don't have a plan for him. My guess is day one, day two, day three, the expectation is George Robinson is probably going to be that short yardage guy in case Anthony Woods doesn't become the all-down future NFL running back that I think everybody hopes he becomes all of the Pierre Strong Strong, uh, comparison that was made last year. Yeah, and when I talked to Jason Eck at Media Day last year, one of the things he brought up with with adding guys from the transfer portal, and you, you can see it with the composition of his signing and transfer class, is um, Eck mostly wants to go for developmental dudes. If he's picking up a guy from the transfer portal, it's because the guy is has a very good reasonable shot at earning a starting starting position or earning a position where the, the guy will be a contributor right away. So look, we have Andrew Townsend in the comment section say this year's Rashawn Johnson. Uh, you know what? Hey, George Robinson, that's that was a good find. But Dallas, that was a good find. Glad glad you uh, found you you're able to come through the roster for that. Treb, just before we get to a, another quick ad read, anything anything you noticed out of George Robinson in your uh, handful of minutes in the dome so far? No, I uh, no nothing from Mister Robinson. But uh, I will be keeping a keen eye on Mr. Robinson uh, the following week when I'm back okay. in the dome. All right, Martin, can you? We we've got to talk about those dudes from Hughes River and uh, Dallas. Do you have your voice tuned up, or uh, are you still in your own version of uh, rehab? I'm I'm sucking on a cough drop. It's in there right now. But Colin, I'm going to do my damn best for this. Uh, I apologize if this isn't up to up to par. If you are looking for a great, all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. 
Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the Main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can check out special trips like one to see the Perseid Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882. Again, 800-262-1882. Or check them out online at HughesRiver.com. Okay, Trevin, we've got a few more questions. Then we just have some quick bullet point news to hit. So, look, in the future practices, you're going to. Look, you obviously have hit on the wide receiver room of essentially what you're looking at is, hey, there looks like there's kind of a battle for number three of who's going to be that third starter. There's a few dudes to pay attention to. Um, we've hit on, look, everyone knows who the number one running back is. It's, uh, and we now we know who the number two running back is. So it's, do we have an emergence of a short yardage running back? Hey, we understood that. No quarterback uh, controversy to pay attention to. Giovanni McCoy is just the guy. So like a, a lot of stuff from last year's set. What position groups do you have your eye on that you're going to be trying to be really keyed keyed in on over the next few practices? Uh, probably starting off with the offensive line. I think that's where it starts. Uh, the right side, you got Jason Halbeck and uh, Charlie Vleem, who they who Jason has said the last two times he's mentioned that uh, tackle spot, that right tackle spot. He's mentioned those two are battling for it. And uh, he's he's a walk-on. He's a sophomore. I, I would like to see maybe some of these other freshmen, too, uh, maybe try to get some of these second, third-team reps kind of interested in seeing guys like Zach Penner. Uh, a lot of these uh, Idaho high school guys are uh, some people that I kind of covered them their whole high school career. You know, I've kind of seen them progress. So I'm interested to see how they're going to be on Idaho's roster. So kind of also the defensive line. Uh, I don't think Idaho has a number one pass rusher right now. I think that's going to be my biggest take. They're really sold on Malachi Williams. Uh, they got Tylan Coleman and Keyshawn James Newby, who Jason X said are their top three pass rushers. And right now that does nothing for me. And, you know, I'm going to kind of see who's standing out really as a whole as that pass rusher. I think D tackles solid right there with Jakari Larman. He's kind of been the biggest standout uh, on the defense as a whole for me throughout the spring and the little bits that I've been out of practice so far. And I would say the tight end spot too, because Cox right now is the starting tight end. Um, and that second tight end spot um, is going to probably be occupied by Schuster and uh, Alex Moore who's coming off an ACL tear, uh, you know, so we don't know how he's going to battle back there, but they got like nine guys. So, you know, it could really be anybody filling that second spot. So while they don't really have a, a quarterback controversy like they did last year, there are some, some really interesting position battles really everywhere. Linebacker, obviously, but we kind of touched on that one earlier. So we you follow up about the tight ends. So, Jake Cox is starting. Jack Schuster's in that room. Haven't seen a ton out of those guys in their time here. There's 
Chance Bogan and James White that have both been pretty highly recruited guys that we haven't seen much of yet. Obviously, James White being a true freshman. Grad transfer TJ Ivy comes in from Coastal Carolina. He has five catches his entire career. Yeah. So I'm assuming blocking only from that guy. What's, do you have any idea what the thought of the tight end position is going to be this year? Obviously, the receiving room is loaded. It's tough to play two or three tight end sets when you have to get the ball out to such a loaded receiver room. That's what I'm saying. I I can't imagine them doing much two tight end sets, but it's, it's something that Jason's brought up a lot uh, in interviews that I've done with him, talking about who that second tight end is going to be. So that kind of leads me to think that there might be, you know, a decent amount of two tight end sets, but you would think maybe that's only going to be in goal line situation, short yardage stuff. But uh, I would imagine if they're trying out a tight end, it's only going to be one and probably be Jay Cox. And he's probably going to be having his hand in the dirt a lot of times. Yeah. It's impossible to gauge anything on Alex Moore, obviously, because, uh, you know, yeah. blown, blown an ACL sucks. Um Last we'd heard his rehab was on track um, and he'd be ready for the start of the season. Um, but the thing I do want to bring up, though, is I know Jason Eck, um, like, look, they at South Dakota State, they did a lot of two tight end sets. But I uh, also want to bring up that Eck has talked forever about, like, look, he doesn't have a system he, bring, he has in advance for people to fit into necessarily. It's he wants the system to reflect the talent that they have. So, I uh, I guess Trevin, I am going to say I accept everything. I accept Jason Eck bringing up two tight end stuff with you all the time. I accept that is something he obviously wants to do. I'm going to be floored if that's something he actually ends up doing a ton this year because the the talent, like Dallas said, the talent the talent on the roster right now is not uh, is not a put down to the tight ends. It's just we don't have a bunch of potential all league tight ends on the roster. We've but we do have some pretty damn good receivers who are going to need the ball. And I expect, uh, I, I honestly expect Idaho is going to put up a shit ton of points. And I just don't see the tight ends doing a ton of that. They do got a lot of them though. Got like nine of them, I think. <laughs> just insanity. The, uh, the stats department does confirm nine tight ends on the roster. Yeah. Good God. Man. Um, Okay, well, look, I, I, uh, I'm going to move on from that point. We'll, we'll hit more of that in the actual season preview. Um, we do have a couple kind of small uh, bullet points to hit. Uh, one is, and one's related to the athletic department, which is um, Associate Athletic Director Matt Martin uh, is, in not too long, no longer an Associate Athletic Director. Uh, he's accepted a job as the athletic director at uc upstate so uh congrats to matt martin um i i know matt martin was a dude a lot of people uh myself included thought hey uh if terry gollock retires pretty dang quick i'd be stoked to have athletic director matt martin uh gollock's going to be staying around for obviously around at least four more years because she's part of that d1 council and uh those are four-year terms so uh, Matt Martin, congrats. Dallas, anything you want to add? I mean, from what little uh, interactions I had with him, uh, really great dude, really bummed to see him move on. I mean, also super happy for him, but uh, definitely one of those guys that we were we were hoping was going to be around in Vandal Gold for, for quite some time. Yeah. Um, otherwise, 
mean, the big, the, the big thing, dude. Uh, and hey, Kevin Marshall in comment section, Spartanburg from Moscow is a very interesting choice. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I expect I expect a lot of those dudes to say like, hey, if I can be if if I can run the show, I'm. There's only so many of these options. I don't know when the next one comes. Um, and like like you said, congrats to Matt Martin. Um, honestly, Rack of Tit sixty nine asking for a veggie update. No, no veggie <laughs> update. Sorry. Uh, first off, we veggies are done. I was say, do we know that veggies are even going to be around anymore? That's the Mar Martin has something queued up. He really wants to bring up. Um, he's playing. No one can see it unless you're us. But he's been playing. Let's with it put, let's do it. Veggie update, bitches. Okay. Okay. I didn't even see this. This is news to me. This <laughs> yeah, uh, Martin. This was really important to Martin to continue to bring this up. Oh my god! Did you did you did you do this for me, guys? Yeah. So if you're a listener who's not watching live, Martin queued up a graphic from the Western Colorado University Athletic Department webpage, which says "Welcome, Coach Claus," which is say Zach Claus is now the head coach at Division Two Western Colorado. Uh, the West, Western Colorado's um, mascot is the Mountaineer. So now uh, Martin is wanting to know, are we going to have a Mountaineer, a Mountaineer minute again, like we used to back when uh, Alex Boatman was also on the show. And I am going to say, uh, look, we usually do these de uh, decisions as a group. No, we're not doing a goddamn Mountaineer minute. This is the Mountaineer minute. This is the last time we're going to talk about him. Captain <laughs> 58 in the comment section, D2 pipeline. Yeah. Oh my God, guys. You know what? We, we try to move on, but we just keep getting pulled back. Dallas, you're obviously for the four to eight people that really, really liked the veggie jokes and the, the right track jokes yeah. and the last four years of just slam your head into a brick wall misery. Go check out the press release about Zach Kloss being named the head coach because holy shit, you're going to get dizzy from the spin zone. Okay, yeah, look, Trevin, you're now listeners are not going to yeah. see this, but uh, Trevin's listed title on our screen right now is Right Track Guide. So, uh, your thoughts on the one and only edition of the Mountaineer Minute? What were, uh, what were they last year? Because, you know, why in Zach God's name Claus do you can... think we know that? Like, <laughs> Zach Claus can only put them on the right track to. to put them on a positive, yeah, and then, hey, positive season. and piggybacking off of Captain 58, he'll recruit well at D2. Yes, a uh, lot, lot of background there. A lot of background there. Uh, he actually might be – they went 4-22. and 22. Yeah. That's oh, like – actually, that's a perfect Zach Claus record. He, yeah. I mean, he might maintain the status quo over there, but – they he might even improve on that. They being Western yeah. Colorado for specificity's sake. And Trevin, I guess my question is how like how are you handling the fact that like what the right track you were on last season isn't going to be part of your future? Well, the the track is just taking a detour to Western Colorado. Um the track keeps going. It's just now uh, wherever Western Colorado University is located. Okay. So now <laughs> that Martin completely derailed the show, he now wants us to switch topics. So producer, producer, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, other thing Mar Martin wanted to bring up is a hey, Ty Graham had been like former Vandal 
football player, finished his career at Eastern Washington. Dude's from Cheney. Um, he had been working in the ticket department for University of Idaho. He has accepted a position at Lewis and Clark State College as an assistant athletic director of marketing. So congrats to Ty for moving up in athletic administration too. That's uh, another vandal moving on up. Uh, and obviously, I think he's going to be making Lewis and Clark their athletic department better. Uh, it was fun having Ty on the on. As part of the uh, athletic department here, one of my favorite things to do was on my lunch break to every once in a while call the ticket office pretending like I was going to order tickets when I already have them so I could ask Ty a couple football questions. So congrats, Ty. Uh, Trevin, Dallas, anything else you want to add here? I mean, not much more than what we've already said. Congrats to Ty. Uh, I, for one, I'm a big fan of seeing uh there's been the fresh blood injected into the athletic department uh, and honestly the the football program and we're seeing it continue to be injected men's basketball women's basketball etc it's really nice to see some of that new blood that's been here for a couple years moving on to better opportunities i think that's a good niche for idaho to be in if people are taking bigger and better jobs yeah i mean idaho is obviously a bigger job than lcsc but ty graham going from the ticketing office to assistant athletic director over there it's really nice to see the faces that are coming in and, and helping improve and turn Idaho's athletic department around. It's nice to see them moving on and continuing on to be bigger and better things. I think that's, that's a really good precedent for this athletic department. Okay. Last thing we're going to hit, it's kind of an ad read, kind of not. Uh, Martin, can you queue up the walk-on um, webpage? Got to bring this up, dude. Um, so walk-on apparel. Their their website, if you want to check them out, is walkon-apparel.com. And all of us, look, Dallas is showing his whole, his Dome Sweet Dome shirt. Martin is kind of showing his walk-on shirt that is blending into his brick background. But I gotta, I'm gonna show you guys mine. Kind of. I have the Tribe for the North shirt that I'm gonna fail to show you the whole thing, but that's the uh, that's the logo we got. But look, I'm bringing this up. Because Walk-On is kind of a sponsor, kind of not. Uh, but look, they're run by the dudes who run Weber, Weber State Weekly. So Walk-On is local-ish, as in like Big Sky. And look, they have a ton of licensed kick-ass apparel for like a handful of schools. Eastern Washington included, Chattanooga included. But the, the one I got to tell you guys, I talked to Colby Peterson. He's the dude who runs it before the show. Idaho fans are easily ordering the most walk-on apparel and keep doing it if you have well do it if you have not and if you are thinking about getting a second shirt do it the there's four idaho shirt options so far each shirt has multiple colors and they're all graphic designs you can get absolutely nowhere else full disclosure they're infinitely better than anything the vandal store carries as well uh, they're 60-40 cotton polyester blends. So they're not going to shrink a ton. Uh, the fit to me kicks ass. But part of why I wanted to just bring this up, talk about walk-on for a second, is it, it? I just think it kicks ass that we have non-vandals who are deciding, hey, we need some better Idaho apparel out there. And like walk-on has the Dome Sweet Dome shirt, which Dallas has on, which has the Kibby Dome, you know, Kibby Dome, Kibby Dome in the background. Um, I've got the tribe from North, which has Joe Vandal and script tribe from, from North underneath uh, Rakitic 69 is going to be emotionally attached to that water tower shirt, which actually, I think that water tower shirt kicks ass. I really want it as a sticker, 
but uh mm-hmm. th- that the emblem there is awesome martin's got the idaho throwback helmet tee but easily vandal fans have been supporting walk on the most out of any of the other schools combined so keep doing it guys the more we support walk on get kick-ass graphics the more it justifies making more idaho stuff so uh walk on dash apparel.com you can also find them on twitter as well support them well, and don't uh, forget it's all officially licensed too so you are also supporting the school this isn't like knockoff bootleg merch that is just cool and funny you are also supporting the school here so if you got a couple extra bucks to kick around and you're looking for some nice nice really high quality t-shirts i'm i'm a t-shirt snob i wear t-shirts about 364 days out of the year and i love this t-shirt super soft super comfy it fits great I'm a fat ass and it it actually kind of slims me quite quite fittingly. It's nice. Yeah, Kevin Marshall in the comment section. I bought the helmet shirt. And uh Dallas, I'm glad you brought it up so that I could bring, I could follow up. Yeah, dude, no, their shirts are fitted. So like they like they actually they're they're not super boxy where your shoulder cut is down to your elbow. Like no, these these, these are nice nice looking shirts. Colby and everyone at Walk On did a kick ass job. So support Walk On. Um we're we're approaching the close of the show. Dallas any last points you want to hit on? Only because I've never gotten to ask, because this is the first time I've actually gotten to be on a show with Treeb. Uh, in all the, yeah, the multiple times you've been here, I have been off in the distance. Why are you a Jacksonville Jaguars fan? Oh, you decided to go with the Jags instead of the Blue Jays, which the Jags, to, to be fair, have a way better story than the Blue Jays. So... The, the Jags, uh, I started liking football because I had a, a PSP back in the day, and I got the game uh, NFL Street 2, and the best running back in that game was Fred Taylor, and I became attached to Fred Taylor, and for some reason Byron Leftwich was also cracked in that game. So from then on, the Jags have broke my heart for years to come, but now – we might be good. The Jags and the Vandals are actually very similar. So it's kind of weird that like I cover a team that's on the rise and the Jags are on the rise. So it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. You heard it here. I'm pretty sure that set, Treep just said it. If Jacksonville wins the Super Bowl, Idaho wins the FCS championship. So if you don't have an yeah. NFL team, time to root for the Jags, I guess. Pretty sure that's exactly Jags, what you said. I heard it. Yeah, Jags win the bowl and then the Vandals are going to Frisco. Yeah, so hey, to close out in the comments section, Steve Kurtz, thanks, gents, go Vandals. Thanks, Steve. Captain58, the real question about the Lamar game, which is Idaho's week one opponent, is uh, where are we all getting barbecue in Beaumont, Texas? Uh, that is a great question that I cannot yet answer. Uh, Jason Mayer saying soccer this week. Look, and he's off. Look, he's stepping on our toes because we're going to, of course, become the number one podcast devoted to Columbia Basin College soccer, thanks to a uh, certain mayor family member joining that team. Uh, Captain fifty eight says masochism in in relation to Trevin uh, support being a Jaguar fan. Jalen Drake, I'm a Jaguar fans too. Let's go. Oh, uh, Jason wow, Mayer, O's thirteen, Toronto three. Obviously talking about yeah. baseball. Yeah, well, you know Look, I. I was, gonna, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I honestly don't watch a whole lot of, whole lot of baseball. I'm a big Canada guy, you know. I just Letter Candy, Trailer Park Boys, go Canada. Well, uh, on that note, guys. They, hey, thanks yeah. everyone for uh, coming on to check out Tubs of the Club, brought to you by Snake River Stampede Canadian Whiskey. 
we're going to take next week off. So make sure you watch this. And we also want some time to develop. So we have actual reporting to talk about for uh sprint for fall camp, but our basic schedule is in a couple weeks, we have our big sky conference preview. The week after we have our Idaho season preview where we go through every single week of Idaho football, make our own projections. And then after that guys, we, we preview the Lamar game. So season is picking up. If you haven't bought your tickets, go ahead and get them. Uh, otherwise hammer that subscribe button, uh, help us out. The more, when we get to a thousand subscribers, YouTube has to start paying us at least something uh, or support us at patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. That's also where you can uh, become part of our hashtag only tubs discord, which is we're right about the point where it's good, where the traffic there picks up exponentially. So, uh, thanks everyone for joining us and, uh, till a couple weeks roll around, go vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.